Hello everyone, this is Kennedy and I am happy to be recording another episode for you guys. I am really excited about this episode because it is about one of my favorite anime and manga out there, which is Vinland Saga. I talk about Vinland Saga all the time and season 2 is coming out soon, which I am so excited for, but this podcast specifically is about the true events and true characters that Vinland Saga is based on. And I did not know a lot about Vikings. I did not even know these characters were real until I kind of heard that it was based off real characters and true events. I've never even heard of Vinland Saga before. Um, I thought this was all made up. So I looked into it, did a bunch of research, and it's actually really, really interesting and makes me like the anime and manga even more, which was pretty hard to do. And I think a lot of people did not know the real story or real characters, and I just wanted to research it and share it with you guys. So I hope you enjoy this. And there's actually kind of minor spoilers, maybe, because, like I said, this is based a lot on real things that happened, but I wouldn't exactly call them spoilers either. So I hope you read and watch Vinland Saga, and we will get into that part of the podcast. But first, I haven't recorded in quite a bit. I'm sorry about that. And I have been reading and watching a lot, and I mean a lot of anime and manga over the past month especially at my job. I can read manga now because I work midnights, so that's been really awesome. But each episode I'm kind of going to, instead of like I did before, where I just talked about everything I watched and read, that would be way too much, and I wanted to go more in-depth into some series, so I'm kind of going to highlight one anime and one manga per episode that I read or watched and just review it and talk about my feelings with it. So first we are going to start with an anime that I watched recently and that anime is Sunny Boy. Sunny Boy was nominated as anime of the year and nobody could even really explain what it is about. Of course this made me curious, it is very hard to explain and something you need to witness really. From the director of Boogie Pop and One Punch Man, Shingo Natsume, we are transported into a world of weird and creepy parallel universes. The art, while weird, fits the story perfectly. A general summary of being a school and some of the high schoolers being transported to a random world and suddenly getting unique quirks or powers ranging from being able to fly or parting an ocean to just seeing a light or ordering random things basically off of Amazon. Um, That is hard to explain. It is very dialogue heavy and focused on the psychological aspect, but the different worlds and how these worlds and characters are feeling portrayed from the animation is what really makes this show stand out from other anime, and I believe what made it get its nomination as anime of the year. While I personally do not see this series as a 10 out of 10, or that should have been nominated for anime of the year, 
I do understand the intrigue of it and what makes this anime different. And that is pretty hard to come by nowadays, I feel, when you just have a complete, unique, and original anime. So that is a breath of fresh air. Um, I will say I was not drawn to any characters and definitely did not understand the whole complexity of the story because there is a lot in the story and some things like the monkey baseball episode if you've seen it I still do not understand it I watched some YouTube videos to try but yeah there's a lot in this anime I didn't understand or I'm not smart enough to understand but as I said the art and just the feeling the story gives you and something different is worth the watch if you're not someone who will get bored of a bunch of dialogue or not a lot of action. So overall, it was enjoyable to watch and I'm really glad that I did watch it. My manga spotlight that I'm going to talk about today is Girls Last Tour, which after I feel like forever of trying to collect, I finally finished it. Volumes 5 and 6, which are the last five volumes, were super hard to come by for some reason. I just could never find them, but I finally got them. Thank you, Write Stuff. And apparently they might be doing an omnibus version of Girls Last Tour. I'm not sure. It also has an anime I didn't watch, but I will be talking about the series because I was very happy to have completed it. Girls Last Tour follows two young girls in a post-apocalyptic world, seemingly the only humans or one of the only few humans left on Earth. They do run into one or two throughout the series, so it is expected that some others survived, but pretty much it is only them two in the world. We see everything from their perspective, not knowing what happened to humanity, but seeing remnants of war. So. We do not get any knowledge that the characters do not know, which is fairly interesting. And not till the last couple volumes, we kind of get a better perspective of what happened, but not even the characters know what happened. And I think that is a really interesting aspect. Another really interesting aspect is that we, as readers and humans on this current Earth, know things that the characters do not know because they've been living in this apocalyptic world and they kind of forget about how everything was before the world was destroyed so they do not know things such as cameras or they get confused about like canned food and people eating fish or alcohol and cigarettes and Basically, everything they learn about the world we know now is just from books. And it's kind of refreshing or heartwarming to see how they think about things and questions our our motives of how we do things. They see these items and things from the past, and it is interesting how someone new to our world would view things like this. We also see through this story how much we take for granted as these girls get happy over finding the smallest portion of bread, or being able to wash their clothes once once a month. All they have is each other. The art is really pretty simple, yet beautiful, portraying the world in a heartwarming yet dark and sad way. 
like Sunny Boy, it is something that the art can make you feel things. It can make you feel small and vulnerable or sad, and you see this wide, vast, dark world and these little girls just being so small in this giant world that was overtaken by war and yeah it's it definitely will bring out emotions in you and make you think the manga will definitely make you feel something and think about yourselves which is hard to come by in any pieces of art and and that's what makes it a really good and unique read the ending i will admit definitely left me wanting more yet accepting that it is the way it should have ended the ending did follow and make the story i will admit that and i know a lot of people love it um i did not expect that ending but yeah it definitely concluded the story and made sense and made you feel all the emotions you should be feeling overall it was a great read and experience and i recommend it to anyone looking for something like physiological thinking about human aspects and and just wanting to go on a human journey following two young girls all right so now we are going to get into the main portion of this episode which is the real stories behind finland saga a brief description if you are not familiar which i'm sure everyone is but Vinland Saga follows the protagonist, Thorfinn, as he gets thrown into the world of Vikings and basically has to survive since he was a child. The other premise is that there is this world that nobody really knows about. It's honestly kind of, it's more of like a myth than a fact at this point, and it, it talks about a world that is undiscovered yet and it has green grass and these trees and places where you can grow food and farm animals and just a life that all these people living in Iceland or Greenland at the time really wanted and would obviously benefit from. Thorfinn has always wanted to be a sailor and explorer so Finland is like this faraway dream for him. And while it is also about Vikings, it's also the journey to Vinland. I recommend the anime and manga all the time. It has some of the best character development in any show or book or anything that I've read or seen. And the action is great. The art is absolutely amazing. And it's really cool that the mangaka, Makoto Yukimura, actually did a bunch of research and he's really into vikings and added all of these facts into his manga even more than i probably know so really really interesting concept executed greatly go watch and read vinland saga as i said the mangaka makoto yukimura would add things into the manga like little pages written by him where he would talk about something happening in the story that related to real Vikings or just say an interesting fact about Vikings that he liked, which shows like just how much he really cared about this story, which is super cool. So some of the facts were like Vikings bathed once a week. Um, that was shown in the manga. They would just get in lakes and all bathe once a week. And that was actually 
pretty uncommon during the time. Bathing once a week was known as, like, a lot or something that, like, privileged people did. Um, there's also the fact that Vikings would take mushrooms while fighting to make them kind of go berserk or not feel pain for a little while, which someone does in the first couple episodes of Vinland Saga. And that was a true fact that I actually did not know. The Vikings, I guess, were just taking a bunch of shrooms and going and killing people. So that's pretty interesting. Now we're going to get into the other true parts of the story. And I'm going to start with Vinland in general. So Vinland, also called Winland, but pronounced from the Vikings as Vinland, is an area we now know of as North America, more specifically along the coast of Canada. The land was discovered by Vikings led by Leif Erikson around 500 centuries before being discovered by Christopher Columbus. So I know a lot of people kind of know this fact now, but I mean, when I was growing up, I knew Leif Erikson's name, but never that he was actually the one to discover North America and the first to step on it before the natives. So that's really interesting. And we still celebrate Christopher Columbus. Um, But yeah, so he was actually the first to find Vinland. In the 1960s, archaeological evidence proved the Norse exploration of what is now North America when previously it was just a theory. There are a collection of stories called the Vinland Sagas. That like blew my mind when I read that because I was like, wow, he, the mangaka, really researched and dove into this. It's literally called the Vinland Sagas. So there are two sagas, Saga of Eric the Red and Saga of the Greenlanders. The sagas being so old and mainly passed through oral storytelling before being written down have some inconsistencies like the number of Vikings that explored Vinland on the first exploration. However, most of the sagas seem pretty factual and some were proven through that evidence found in the 1960s. And it said after a few years journeying to Vinland and a little bit of time spent on the land, the Vikings decided to return home to Greenland as to not come in conflict and destroy the peace of the natives in Vinland. They traded and shared knowledge with each other, and when conflict appeared, the Vikings returned. So the Vikings actually did not want to disrupt the peace of the natives. They went there, they were trading and sharing knowledge, but obviously some fighting occurred and there were some deaths, so they decided to just go home, which is pretty shocking, especially that they were Vikings. And then comes Christopher Columbus, who just murders everyone and does not even try to trade or really talk with them. He just goes and slaughters them all, so go North America. I remember in like maybe 10th grade is when I finally learned that Christopher Columbus was actually a horrible guy and that everything 
we learned on Christopher Columbus Day in like elementary school was a lie. But Vinland Saga is bringing us these real facts, guys. So Vinland was highly looked upon because of its climate. It was a great source for wheat, berries, and wine. There were also many rivers and lakes with an abundance of fish, specifically salmon that were described as larger than the Vikings had ever seen. There were also many trees for lumber and firewood. Of course, many of these Vikings were from Greenland, which is all ice and snow. And in the anime, they call it Iceland and it's ice and snow, but Iceland is really green and nice grass and everything. So I'm kind of confused about that, but the Vikings were from Greenland and the land being all ice, obviously this would be a very appealing choice for them to settle in Vinland. So the man that we've been talking about in the first character based off a real person that we are going to be talk about talking about is Leif Erikson and his name in the show is literally Leif Erikson. It's not even based off a character. It just is the character. He actually starts off the anime by telling a story to the children about how he discovered the land of Vinland and nobody really believes him. He's a really funny and heartwarming character in the manga. So Leif Erikson is actually the son of Eric the Red, who the one of the Vinland sagas was titled after. He was also the founder of the Norse settlement in Greenland. That was his father. Leif was believed to have been born in Iceland. However, that fact is unknown. He had the nickname Lucky Leaf and was described as a handsome, wise, and considerate man. Leaf, the more I read about him, he just seems like the greatest, coolest dude. So he was converted to Christianity and sent to go to different countries converting people. This is a big topic in the manga and anime as Vikings believed in Valhalla and their own god and basically laughed at Christianity when Christianity came around. It was not something that was popular back then, obviously, like it is now. And yeah, they just thought the whole thing was very funny. So when Leaf was converting people, I'm sure it was not the easiest of jobs. <clears throat> he had a few sons, one of which being named Thorkel, which we'll get to Thorkel later. Leif Erikson died around the age of 50. Not much is known about his death, but is assumed that he died on one of his trips to Greenland. Again, not much known, but I think around that time, being 50 was probably a pretty old age. I would assume it was something to do with that, but... He lived a long and adventurous life, that is for sure. As I was talking about, we have a Christopher Columbus Day here in America, but we also have Leif Erikson Day, which is not really celebrated or talked about in school, but I am happy about. So Leif Erikson Day is on October 9th. This date specifically is not for any reason, really. There's no special event that happened on the 9th because it is unknown when exactly he set foot on Vinland, but it is known that it was in the fall, so people came together and just said October 9th. 
It is also mentioned and dedicated to a whole episode of Spongebob. And I don't know why, but that's my memories. I always think of Leif Erikson Day um, and Spongebob. So that was Leif Erikson. And many people know him, but maybe did not know all the facts. I'm really glad that he is a pretty major character, especially in the second half, which will be the second season of Vinland Saga. Next on our list is one of my personal favorite characters, Thorkel the Tall, also known as Thorkel the High. Thorkel was a prominent member and leader of the Joms Vikings around the 10th century. He had three brothers and a father who were also noble Vikings and was the chief commander of the Joms Vikings ranks in Jomsburg, which was the Joms Vikings homeland on an island called Wollen in the Baltic Sea. So most of this was actually all in the manga and anime. I never actually found if this Thorkel was the same Thorkel that is Leaf's son. That's definitely not in the anime and manga, so I do not think these two are the same. But Thorkel in the anime is like super tall, like probably around seven foot tall. Obviously, we don't know if this Thorkel is that tall, but... He was known as Thorkel the Tall because of his huge size and taller than most people, if not all, at that time. And he was obviously a very good fighter. There is a memorial dedicated to Jomsburg on the island of Wallen. The memorial looks like a rock. I have pictures of it on my blog because I actually did make a blog post about some of these characters and it's like a rock with some cool looking viking writing on it which is really interesting in many old documents Thorkel was described as a noble leader and warrior he led an army into kent in 1009 where he overran a good portion of southern england and kidnapped an infamous archbishop elfia no clue how to describe how to pronounce that. Alfio was captured for seven months and during the time managed to turn many of the Joms Vikings who were dedicated to their Norse god into Christians, which angered many. Alfio refused to pay a ransom, which led to plots of murdering him. It is said that Thorkel pleaded with the Joms Vikings not to kill Alfia, even offering his own silver, but his attempts did not work and the prisoner was soon killed by an axe to the head. It is also stated that someone carried the man's body back to his home country of England, and it is very possible this was Thorkel. 
I thought this fact was really cool and interesting because even in the anime and manga, as Tharkal is known as this brutal killer, which he still is, he also does have morals and he will not fight weak people. He wants to fight strong people. He wants to fight people who kind of know that they're risking their life. He doesn't want to go around killing innocent people. And he plays things pretty fair. And I think it's cool that the real Thorkel seemed to be like that too. He didn't want to kill people for no reasons. And he even had the courtesy to bring him back home and bury him. Which, well, supposedly it was him. Um, so yeah, that's a really cool fact. And yeah, Thorkel is pretty notoriously known for kind of flipping sides depending on how his opinions are swayed. He also stole 45 ships from the Jums Vikings. It is not stated exactly how, but Canute and Thorkel ended up teaming up, and once Canute became king, he granted Thorkel a portion of Denmark. They had a falling out soon after, but reconciled, and Thorkel was the godfather of Canute's son, Hartha Canute. This was in 1023, and there is no mention of Thorkel after this time. There are theories he was banished to some island, chased by an angry mob, died in battle, or simply grew old and lived a peaceful life. So, basically, like, any theory that you can possibly think of. But that's really sweet that him and Canute were friends like that. That is really cool. Thorkel was described as a very shrewd, determined, and intelligent man. Many things stated here do resemble his character in Vinland Saga, as I said. He is very intelligent when it comes to battle and definitely the most noble of the money-hungry Joms Vikings who will do the dirty tricks. They'll do whatever it takes to make money and yeah, they'll play dirty and Thorkel really was not like that. He never backs down from a battle and even in the anime joins the losing side for a challenge. Alright, now we're going to get into Thorkel's buddy, King Canute, who, again, is a very main character in the anime and a great, well-developed character. Canute, also known as Canute the Great, was born to the King of Denmark, King Sven. Canute's grandfather was the king before Sven and the first Danish king to accept Christianity. Canute also had a younger brother named Harold. It is unknown when Canute's exact birth year was, however, he was, he was seemingly of a very young age when he first started battle. It was written in the 13th century, some name that is very hard to pronounce, <laughs> Kindlinga Saga, that Canute was exceptionally tall and strong, and the handsomest of men, all except for his nose that was thin, high-set, and rather hooked. They're just roasting him out here. He had a fair complexion, nonetheless, and a fine, thick head of hair. His eyes were better than those of other men, both the handsomer and the keener of their sight. There was a real portrait of him, and he seems to have blonde hair, just like the anime, but not as long. It's pretty wavy. And also, in the anime, it is kind of a joke that Canoe looks like a woman. Everyone thinks he's a woman because of how pretty it is. So Yukimura definitely played with that. 
Canute won many battles alongside his father and led his own armies until his father died in 1014. Harold ended up becoming king in his place, and the people of Dane Law elected Canute the king of England. Harold immediately led an army to attack his brother. Canute tried asking for peace, which was accepted by Harold on the condition that Canute joins his ranks and attacks England, which he is now the king of. Canute disagreed to this and went to take over more of England for himself, bringing a Danish army to England with 10,000 troops and 200 ships led by Canute himself. So obviously he is very battle-driven and experienced with this as a very bloody battle that lasted 14 months. A witness recorded that Canute's troops were a sight to behold, covered with gold horns and shields and each man being strong and noble, no slaves or poor or elderly. So Canute's doing pretty good things for himself, it seems. Canute's troops ended up winning the battle and the people accepted him as their rightful king of all England. He ruled for nearly two decades and was generally well-liked and respected as a king. Canute wed Queen Emma of Normandy in 1017 and eventually had a few sons and a daughter, most prominently is his son, Hartha Canute. He had coins dedicated to him, basically, as our presidents are on American money, um, which was pretty cool and unique. There's a picture of that on my blog, Undercover Otaku, if you want to see. His brother Harold died, and although some Danish people were rightly opposed, Canute became the king of Denmark as well, creating peace between the Danes and the English. Canute later referred to himself as king of Norwegians and some Swedes. He was also known for being a Christian before a king, being very close with the church and spreading his values. One famous story of Canute is Canute in the Tide, in which he was illustrating to his people that no man's power could surpass God by standing in an ocean and trying to stop the tide. Many later on saw this as Canute thinking he had some sort of powers. However, it was just the opposite in him showing his followers that even though he is a king, he is also human like them and cannot compete with God. There are pretty famous pictures showing the scene while well, drawings of the scene with Canute standing in the water and all his men around them. And I think that's really cool and again shows Canute's character about him being religious and not a typical egotistic king, which is really cool. Canute is said to have died on November 12th, 1035, in battle at the hands of his own people. He was succeeded by his own son, who was dropped by the English for being too Danish, quote, but remained the king of Denmark. Canute's bones are buried in Winchester, England. I think it is a decent thing that he died in battle. He died fighting and defended everything that he wanted to defend. Reading the true story of Canute was very interesting to me. I saw so many similarities to his character in Vinland Saga, like his devotion to Christianity and his good looks. There are also many differences, like Canute being a noble child who never went to war and was very timid, which did not seem the case at all in the true story, but adds a lot of development in Vinland Saga, obviously. Thorfinn is a real person. He was known as Thorfinn Karlsfini, which he also is in the anime and manga. 
Carl Sweeney is a nickname translating to markings of a man or real man. He was referred to by this name in the anime, which made him very confused. That is not his last name. He was just going around and somebody was like, oh, you're Thorfinn Karlsfini. And everyone was kind of scared of him. And that made him confused. But after reading this, it's basically them just saying, like, he is a real man. He's the real deal. So this is going to be the real Thorfinn Karlsfini. Thorfinn was born in Iceland to Thord, Horsehead, and Thorun. Not much is stated about him in his early years besides being an explorer with Leif Erikson later in life. They went on many expeditions, one in which Thorfinn found his future wife, possible spoiler for the manga, and it is also said his wife was the driving force in him and Leif going to Vinland and trying to make a settlement there. Thorfinn took a group along with Leif and was one of the first settlers on Vinland. There, Thorfinn had his son, Snorri, who was said to be the first white child born in America. Thorfinn and his family ended up returning to their family farm in Iceland, where they lived out the rest of their lives. Thorfinn's cause of death and date of death is unknown. There are some pictures of statues made of Thorfinn which are really cool, and see him as this badass warrior. So I was pretty surprised that there wasn't a lot of information out there on him, at least that I could see. Obviously, there wasn't a lot to go off here unless, I mean, I'm sure Yukimura knows more about him than I do and that I found on the internet. But it seems that he kind of, made Thorfinn from the real story but obviously added a lot more into it and he could put a lot more into it because there wasn't that much information so he created what he thought happened but that being said I feel like the Thorfinn and Vinland saga would approve of the man that the real Thorfinn was it seems they do hold the same values and he has a badass statue made of him like that's pretty cool so there you have it, everyone. Those are some of the real stories and characters behind one of the greatest anime and manga ever, in my opinion, Vinland Saga. This was really fun to learn and research. I looked into other characters like Thor's and Askeladd. Askeladd is easily one of the best characters and many people's favorites, one of the best antagonists out there. And I did not really find anything based off a real person. Obviously, they could be people of different names, but I did not find any information on them. Sadly, I really wanted Askeladd to be real. Thor's almost seems like the god Thor being depicted in a different way, but obviously there's no proof of that. I also saw Bajorn was loosely based off a character. Um, there's a guy named Bajorn Ironside, who is the son to a Viking king, Ragnar. And there's also someone named Bajorni, who was said to have kind of started the myth or theory about Vinland, because on a journey to Greenland, his ship went a wrong way with the wind, and he just kind of spotted Vinland and told everybody about it. He didn't actually go to it, and nobody really believed him, which made Leif Erikson want to journey to see it. But I don't know if this was the Bajorn in the story or not. So with that being said, 
Thank you guys for listening to my podcast and learning more about Vinland Saga. If you have any more facts or cool Viking information to share, please let me know because I'm always down for that. I'm also definitely getting back into podcasting. I hated not recording episodes and I'm much more happy. I love researching all this stuff and coming up with episode ideas and even recording the episodes. So I'm super happy to be getting back into it, and I'm going to try really hard to stick to the schedule of every Sunday. So so I'm going to do my best to stick with it, and I really appreciate everyone who talks to me on Twitter and Instagram or just watches these episodes. So thank you guys a lot, and I will see you next Sunday.